But you asked me something in the beginning. I really would like to answer that question because it's one of my favorite questions. Is that if I could be anybody on earth, what would I do? What would be the single thing I would jump in? Well, I would like to be uh, Carol Gates uh, because I really am a fan of what Bill Gates is doing with all his money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the one thing I really would would solve, with, uh, which I would put my efforts on, is to f- to improve the patient experience when you go into a hospital or any medical experience. It is mm-hmm. horrifying. I think it is really not what it should be. Uh, I think people in any kind of thing, if it if it is you want to you want to try to have a baby, you have cancer, you have any horrible corona for that matter anything is about saving your life mm-hmm. which is a basic need which yes. is on below on, on in the pyramid and of course it is the priority of course it is but it's like we never had uh, time or, or the insights to evolve we are a developed country we're more than only trying to save lives <laughs> Good morning, Carol. Good morning. How are you? Pretty good, considering the circumstances. Okay, now this is also my first question. I'm sure that you got that question a million times, but was actually for you personally, as for your business, um, because you're the CEO, a founder of, uh, founding partner of Duval Union Innovation Marketing, Innovative Marketing, sorry, what is the impact on your business and your customers? Um, with this Corona thing. Yeah, the the impact is pretty high. Um, I think it is high for everybody. And depending on the business model that you have, it's uh, worse or okay, just going quite okay. So we're just in between um, the, the worst case scenario and a moderate scenario. So we didn't lose customers. Okay. Uh, but we're not able to grow. So basically, if I put it black and white, like my T-shirt, that would be it. Uh, okay. Not losing, not really losing customers. Okay, there is a gray zone, of course. Uh, but let's yeah. say that we don't lose customers, but we can't get customers to onboard. And that's about the conclusion. In yeah. reality, we do lose a little bit of our customers. Yeah. And we do make new customers. So yeah. the, the, the main issue is the growth part. Okay. But your company is offering a, a bridge between marketing and innovation. I mean, yeah, we, we, what we do is, uh, it's very simple. We uh, just make customers, companies grow. Yeah. And to grow, you have many questions, many yeah. issues, yeah. many innovations, uh, some things you never tried before yeah. and we're kind of good at uh, making innovation work, but innovation can be an approach. It's yeah. not always a product. Yeah. But um, I mean, these times are because everybody's sitting at home are times for self-reflection, but aren't these the, the times to really stand still as a company and to really, okay, how are we going to reinvent ourselves towards the future because I was reading some article of you or in a newspaper regarding that some companies are now stopping or de-investing in marketing. Yeah. 
of course, it's a marketeer saying that you shouldn't be stopping marketing. So I guess it's hard to believe, but I do. There is a lot of evidence in the past that companies that continue to invest in marketing were those who came out of the crisis and were still there. Those who really went into a false situation, stand by, they were the ones who, who died afterwards. So, of course, you should remain um, vigilant and still invest in sales and marketing. I think that's, of course, you need to cut costs. Cut, cut costs. Yeah, you, you on this one, like <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to say, uh, you need to, to, that's what we did for our own company, uh, where we could uh, stop costs, we did, uh, but we never stopped investing in our own marketing, which is uh, tough labor, um, yeah. but we continue to do that. Um, I think that's, that's important. I follow the advice that I read in my favorite newspaper, the TED, they said, reduce your costs uh, as much as you can. Continue to invest in sales and marketing. Uh, third, uh, be the CEO you always were. Don't try to be a micromanager. And four, the last advice was build on your future. Build a, a plan for the future. Yeah. And that's what you do. So you can't say, now is the, the time to stand still. I'm very jealous of all the people that or not jealous, but I'm wondering why they are uh, feeling bored and don't know what to do and that they have to invent funny stuff to get to, to keep busy. I, have, I don't have that luxury and a lot of people are also in my situation where you don't have any issue to know what you have to do with the whole day. You have too much to do. Um, it, it is not a question of uh, standing still or reflecting or something. No, yeah. you have to do everything. It's yeah. like it's it's um you have to jungle with all yeah. the the things and keep everything in the yeah. air and you have to think about the future you have to think about the present you have to yeah. manage your costs your employees your health yeah. the health of your employees and it is everything all together is not um sec uh, sequential yes. uh, sequential uh, it is parallel, so you, yes. you need, as an entrepreneur, always has to do, or an active person always has to juggle with everything that he wants to get done, and then you still want to have a, a social kind of life, which is yeah. very reduced now, but you still want to walk your dog, have a run, make food, <laughs> take yeah, care of yeah, yourself, yeah. so you have a lot of things to manage. Now, um, within six months, hopefully... Um, I wouldn't say things will get back to normal because I don't believe there is going to be the old normal. It's very hard to predict, but um, what do you think the world will look like from your point well, of view? From my point of view, I think uh, people are going to increase what they already wanted to do. So if you're conservative and you want to go back to the old normal, you mm. will. Saying yeah. that there never, nothing will be the same again, it's not true. It depends on the person. Okay. Uh, I think some people are really going to want to go back to normal. Mm -hmm. I, we talk to people that still don't use teleworking. Yesterday, we I had know. a call with a huge company who didn't use Hangouts, Zoom, Skype, all those things. They had an internal system which worked only for them. Yeah. It's like having a phone that only works for your family members. Yeah. So 
we now encounter people are ahead of uh, their time and want to change things and we all believe that it's never going to go back to the old normal again. I don't think so. I think it is always polarization. People who are very much into this innovation and take mm -hmm. this step further, they will go very further, mm -hmm. very much further. And those who want to, to remain conservative will probably make a, a, a small step, but it won't be a, a yeah. huge leap for mankind kind of thing. Yeah. I think uh, we're still gonna have traffic jam, and we're gonna yeah, still yeah, go yeah, in yeah. and our and people want to see uh, their employees to be sure that they're working and not managing results but efforts. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't think uh, everything will go back to uh, the next future. I don't think so. And, of course, and there is evolution. Yeah, so yeah. Don't think it's gonna be a revolution. It's not. There, there have been many examples in the past. We already had pandemics. Yes. We already had 9-11. We already had. So there, uh, there, there have been other crises before and then the world continued turning with yeah. a little evolution, but not with a giant leap. Yeah. So it depends what, on which side of, of this uh, new solution you want to be. If you want to be the laggards, or the, yeah, the, early the majority, or yeah. do you want to be an innovator and an early adopter? That's but, all. The, okay. the curve is what it is. Uh, yeah. Those who change things are always in the minority. So the belly of the mountain is going to remain stable. It is an evolution, but it's not a revolution. Okay. Today. But isn't it possible that some companies who are now really suffering and are in pain are going to realize in order to do some to achieve something different no yeah. it is amazing how we talk to people we, we visit companies uh, sometimes they don't become customers by the way uh, and we see them like a bowling frog denying what's happening mm -hmm. and and I, I always go with my team members to visit customers or potential customers and sometimes we like so much like hallucinating where are we is this the twilight zone is there a candid camera <laughs> uh, yes like and you just the, the the gap between your belief and the person in front of you is, is so large yeah. Yeah. that you just only can shut up in order to remain polite because yeah. if you then reply no this can't be true what are you saying this person will be offended yeah so there is only so much that you can say to a person. There's only so much truth that a person can manage in one meeting. Yeah. And, 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 it's, and, and, it's the flexibility of the mind that, is, um, that you have to train. Um, I've been lucky to work in environments where mm -hmm. you, you always have to stretch your beliefs and where people surprise you around. When I, when I was working at Proximus and I was working with the fixed line, mm -hmm. uh, the internet was barely there. Um, I was surprised that my company was going into the TV business, yeah. going from fixed line in tele yeah. telephony uh, yeah. and then to TV. This was really strange to me. I was like, I was thinking I was the innovate, innovative person mm -hmm. uh, working in an innovative market. market. And still, I got surprised about the decisions. I was 20 <laughs> and something. And I, I was kind of surprised that we were going into a totally different market. Yeah. So 
it is always a stretch uh, yeah. and it's like a muscle you have to keep on training yeah. it and if nobody ever yeah. uh, trained it yeah then it's logic that it's hard for you and if you work in an environment that is not stretching you you're working yeah. in a country yeah. that's not stretching you we're not the most innovative no. country no. No. Uh, so we're kind of conservative people uh, so yes that's that's logic uh, the, the the circumstances the context in which you have been raised i i notice now that my mother is 70 mm -hmm. she has always been innovative okay and today she's 70 but she still is so it is a kind of it's not a generation thing it is um it's a profile okay and i think uh, we are trained to become conservative because it's safer to be conservative it is nature that makes us conservative so it's not a, a handicap it is what we should do to become to, to survive safe, to survive to uh, to make everything we do predictable because yeah. predictability makes you feel safe and, yeah. and it is safe yeah uh, but so but, th but that's the thing with corona eh? now you we, yeah. we thought that we're going to predict the future because we know what today is and we think it's a, it's tomorrow is going to be a copy of today but suddenly we there's a mirror and we don't know we cannot predict the future anymore because we don't know even if, if, if we're going could. to survive tomorrow we never could no that's uh, it no we never can we never could we never will i guess huh? who knows <laughs> but and okay uh, ai and probabilities yeah. and research make you able to see better and to to feel comfortable about prediction about the future, but nobody can predict the future. It's a cliche saying that no, no, the only no. way to predict the future is to build it yourself. Well, yeah, that is, that's it. That's yeah, it. That's it. Yeah, that, that is. Now you just talked about, um, yeah, Proximus and you actually, because I did the research, you held several marketing management positions for almost 20 years in big corporates. And then you started your own business. I mean, um, I've worked also for an IBM, so I know how it is to work for a big corporate. And I did Proximus, by the way, then. I mean, what triggered you in 2013 to start your own business? Honestly, a bad boss. It's <laughs> a very good reason, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I was fed up with it. I said, no, <laughs> this is over. Over and done with. Game over. I'm leaving. <laughs> But the idea was at that point in time, I wasn't uh, prepared to, to cope with a bad boss any longer. I had yeah. many, many good bosses and I had several bad ones. And uh, yeah, at a certain point in time, I said no. But I was thinking for five years how I would um, go and build my own business, um, what would make me happy, how. Yeah. So prior to um, encountering my last bad boss in the row, I had time to think about um, how it would be for me, how, how I envisioned my future, what I, I didn't know a lot of things, but I, by then I really knew what I didn't like anymore okay. in my, from my professional life. And, and so that made me able to decide uh, to never go back. What made me decide to go, to never go back to corporate life because it made me profoundly unhappy. Yeah. The energy that it, it drained me yeah. I I couldn't. It, it is very um, tiring to be an innovative innovative person in yeah. a corporate organization because you are the minority 
trying yeah. to move the mountain yeah. and everybody loves you for that you get recognition for that and if uh, my my favorite one of my favorite bosses said when it's impossible we ask carol amek and i was like what is she saying i didn't understand and it was a compliment i felt i was a weird alien yeah. um but it really was a, the one of the nicest compliments i got but it's tiring to be somebody like that yeah, yeah. to change things to you're in you're constantly in change management and yeah. you're you're in the driving seats so of course it's tiring but it's very rewarding yeah um, and if you could go back to 2013 what would you do different At that point in time, nothing. I don't think that was a point that I could have changed something. I probably, I don't regret anything because everything has, you You have to encounter pitfalls and get up yeah. again yeah, yeah. to be able to to be and fall seven times, stand up the eighth the, the next time. So you have to fall seven times to be, to be successful the eighth time. Yeah. So I'm not into regretting things. I can only advise myself, somebody else, to start sooner to be an entrepreneur. Okay. So is this, is this the thing that you would, if you would meet a Carol of uh, 18 years old, young, sorry, you're standing for the gates of university, and Probably. then you are meeting the, the Carol of now with the DeLorean, you're there, and Carol, hey, these are yeah. the... Do, do your university thing and immediately it's, after that start your entrepreneur because i couldn't be doing what i'm doing today yeah. without what i got to learn from all those corporate uh, examples yeah. and i've been i am who i am for half of it thanks to all the mentorship i got all the mm. all the advice from my colleagues from from customers from the training i got I could, and I could never have done it if I wasn't into corporate life. So, mm -hmm. yeah, if I could get uh, born twice, I would ask one Carol to entrepreneur as from the age of 80 after school to study still, to, to try to study as much as you can. I, I wouldn't be a school dropout. I wouldn't. don't think it's a, a reason for success. Uh, and then the other Carol would go to corporate life as she did because I have no regrets. And I, I think I would, uh, I would do some things differently. Of course, I would more, even more go into to, to use mentorship as a tool, but I already did and just would leverage it much more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Build on mentorship much more than I did. And, uh, but, and what, what, what triggered you to, oh, the question is different. When did you know that you were a writer and uh, start writing your first book uh, about... I didn't, never, ever. So not it like, is, I'm uh, a writer, I'm going to do it? No. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it would be very funny. Um, no, uh, I, uh, it's because people believe in you that you do certain stuff as well. You believe in yourself as much as you can. So, so people said to you, your environment, yeah, you oh, should I write, think you should write, write a book. Yeah, I got, the, I got four questions, four demands, proposal to write a book mm -hmm. from different publishers. And then I really laughed. I really said, no, I, I'm not a writer. 
that's a skill that's uh, something I can't I've never been good at writing so uh, but then I saw of course all my uh, similar colleagues who wrote books and uh, yeah, I said yeah. don't be stupid if they if they offer it to you the least you can do is listen and then you still can say no I'm not gonna do it but then you're sure that you shouldn't so I just did the interviews with the four um, publishers listened to their proposal and because of uh, Hilde van Michelen from Lano campus she really believed more in me than I did in myself and that's often has been the reason why I did things because I look up to certain people and they say that I can do it and it does really make me more yeah courageous to say if you say I can do it then I will I will, I will. yes great and I can and then there's a the little voice like Pippi Lanko's Pippi yeah. Lanko who says I, I I never did it before so I must be able to do it yeah Great, what an inspiring story. So, and, and the idea for influence on marketing, where did you get that to write a book about that? Because it was about, at that time very hot? Uh, no, but it was because I have been doing my whole career. I yeah. really, I am kind of, uh, I really do believe in marketing theories and I do believe in management advice and all the books that, that the best selling authors uh, wrote. I really, look at uh, the, this as a blueprint for what you could do and so I've been studying ambassador marketing when in the 80s when I was at school and so I tried always to implement it in all the marketing plans I wrote mm -hmm. uh, and then at a certain point in my career I believed it to be the way to to, to move on, but you never mm. can prove that it is really an mm. element of success. You can't mm. analyze it. Now we have digital KPIs all over the place, but when I started uh, my career, that was more a question of belief than a question of measurable data and results. But I just did it because I believed that was the way to do it because of the beauty of the, 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 the exercise. I yeah. think that was the way forward. So I just did those things. And then at uh, Telenet, I, we launched uh, Yellow. Yeah. I got to do the go-to-market for that product. And I really thought, okay, we have some time here because the above-the-line campaigns will only start in eight weeks. What can I do prior to that? Well, I'll try to do co-creation and mm -hmm. influencer marketing. And it worked. And I mm -hmm. saw it because it was really, really isolated from everything mm -hmm. else because there wasn't anything else. We only, in that period of time, those weeks, we only could do co-creation with influencers okay. and so on. So I really was sure that my gut feeling was, uh, was confirmed by data. We did our first 6,000 customers thanks to that part mm. of the marketing plan. So I was confident that it was really something uh, impactful, that you could measure the results. And so I was, and then I was, it still was uh, seven years, seven years before the launch of the book. Okay. And I was, I was really convinced. Then when I started uh, to be an entrepreneur, I gave trainings about marketing. Influencer marketing was one of those trainings. And so I've been talking about influencers for four years before the book was launched mm -hmm. and talking about it. Um, gave me the opportunity to meet publishers because yeah. I was invited by a colleague uh, who uh, actually um, said, what could influencers do for publishers? Can you come and explain this? Oh, yeah. yes, why not? 
So Bookfill is uh, an event that was organized for the publishing sector every two years. I met 60, 60 publishers and to help them out. I never thought I was going to write a book again. I was really stressed out to be in front of publishers and those are intellectual kind of people and they're so smart and different than I. So eh, as usual, I'm nervous. And, um, and that's why the, the four publishers in that kind of books came to me and said, you should write a book about it. That's how it, uh, it went on. And the, um, the, the next book about the unfair advantage, uh, no, I'm going to ask another question. I've, I've read both books, eh? The Influencer Marketing. Um, now I understand why it's such a practical book. I mean, it's, it's not a theoretical book, but it's no, really it's practical. Book. Do this, do, don't do this. Do you believe in 2020 um, it, you can read the book and apply the same principles? I mean, yes. Uh, the examples perhaps yeah, can yeah, be updated okay. and all, but the I, framework. I think the framework still, still works. Uh, I, I think about the framework every week, once at least, and I don't see any mistake yet um, because I, it's, I don't believe I invented it. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> That's why yeah. it probably works. Uh, it is influence is something that will always remain mm -hmm. if Facebook will remain or a tool yeah, to look for influencers that could all die but it's like we will always need a place to live will yeah. this still be a house like we see it today probably not but the, the need the basic need the underlying need will still be there and influence from, influencing is from if you you were a hunter and you hunt you, you can hunt meat, you mm. can hunt for meat for the family. Somebody else is good at, uh, at picking berries, yeah. fruit, and you want my fruit, and, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. and I know this guy is a good hunter. I try to have a, a chat with him without having him killing me or something. So influencing is, is, uh, is something that always has been there. Uh, I think even uh, in Belgium, we are very good at influence, at, mm -hmm. um, at building friendships and networks. And yeah. we, we, my boss, my American boss, oh, said in Belgium, it's very important to know the right people. Yeah, uh, you, true. you really are here in Belgium who you know yeah. more than who you are. Of what you know. Uh, yeah, well, the thing is, um, people that know certain kind of people, um, and like a, a mafia movie, but they happen to know good people. Yeah. It's, uh, it looks like a Quentin Tarantino uh, speech, but uh, that's it, it. You are the average of the five, five people you encounter yeah. the most. So you yeah. do, if, you, if you, you talk a lot about, the, they appreciate you for who you are. And those, mm -hmm. so they appreciate you for your values and your content yeah. and your knowledge yeah. and so on yeah. and so on. So it's linked. Yeah. Um, saying, uh, uh, it's, you are who you know, it's because of who you are. Yeah. Now, um, I'm not a marketeer. Eh? I have a colleague of mine who, who is doing that. And, and I think, I believe, I really see a shift. And I think the shift has already been going on for, for quite some years where marketing has been shouting out some, yeah, things were the best, were the greatest. And um, to, to a more, yeah, people no longer buy what you have to offer but really who you are and you have to show yourself in an i wouldn't say and it's a really hyper authentic way more and then the real 
version of yourself and it can be imperfectly perfect is that something that you also see um in yeah in, in a kind of change of communication because i also think it's a little bit linked to the corona thing that people no longer are going to put up with bullshit yeah uh well there is certainly an evolution and the most visible part is what you see in advertising and yeah, what you see in communication the last step of your marketing efforts um if you are a company with which is purpose driven yeah. the simon sanic why yeah. is really uh, increasing in in importance you will see all consultants around you uh, the big four and, yeah. and other ones are uh, evolving to a more purpose-driven um, consulting companies as well if they don't have any reason for being there mm -hmm. for uh, for their presence on earth um, they will lose employer engagement and they will mm -hmm. lose uh, I think they will firstly lose employees and then they will lose customers mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot of youngsters don't want to work mm. for companies we all looked up to. Um, there is a really a shift in the choices that youngsters make. They want to have, they don't go to church any longer. So they really want to earn their, their place on earth and they want to feel a purpose-driven life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it could have been church in the past and it could be a company and the way they spend their hours uh, today. Yeah. you will lose your employees if you have no really purpose of existing on earth yeah. and if you then make it even worse you destroy the planet we live on <laughs> then people then youngsters will certainly not want to come and yeah. work for you i think we have a dutch word that's really saying a purpose zingeving which is like a, a catholic word i have not been raised catholic but the the, perp, the the good thing about religion is that it gives you a reason for living mm -hmm. it, it gives you a sense to your life uh, and never been um i don't believe in in those things but everybody needs a purpose a reason yeah. for living i always say i will not be um, finding a cure for uh for a um a disease huh? i will not mm -hmm. find a cure for corona for instance so what is my reason for, for being on this planet? Do I have any reason to get up at six in the morning and to feel good about my life? That's really important for everybody. Yeah. Um, so yes, you have been raised in a certain way. And the way you described uh, the beginning of your uh, education is about uh, certainty, about avoiding risks. But that's again uh, how... Uh, human beings have uh, started from mm. uh, living as a hunter to a, uh, a fixed yeah. place and to build and to to share food and to have a marketplace yeah. where you can share the, uh, your food and then and then cities erode, uh, yeah. started to and then the rest uh, is how we live today so yeah. we look for security all the time yeah. um, if you want to if you want to have a good relationship with somebody look what makes this person uh, feel good about security security is a very important word for everybody but everybody fills it in in a different way yeah. if you feel secure by having nobody tell you what you can do with your life then you probably are better off being an entrepreneur because yeah. then you have a feeling of control which makes yeah. you feel safe 
Mm. If you don't think you're a good entrepreneur, nobody thinks he's an excellent entrepreneur, but if you believe somebody else can uh, um, provide you with this security better than you could do yourself, you go and work for somebody else. Yeah. Always about security. Yeah, People don't true. really... We, and then you have levels and then, and then that depends on if you if you want to go to university is because you want to be feel smarter because it makes you feel secure to be smarter mm-hmm. we kind of I, to me i'm not i'm not into psychology but that's what what drives me at least uh, so I don't want to generalize but that's how i see the world and that's how i see people is they're looking for a form of security and then if, if there can be sometimes some recognition, that's nice too. That people say you look beautiful, you look smart, you're a yeah. good husband, yeah. uh, that uh, you did well, uh, thanks for traveling me around the world, that you get reward, rewarded for what you do. Yeah. But in the, first, the first basic need to us is to feel secure. Yeah. And if you really understand what the security means for the person in front of you, yeah. you can really make them do yeah. almost anything but I, I i agree but i also think that uh, for a i wouldn't say the minority i think that if people have um experienced something i wouldn't say negative like a disease like cancer or something sometimes you see people staying in that and eh, becoming it becomes their identity or they are going to do something quite different after that and they are taking risks because they yeah it's going to be my last day today so yeah. i'm going to take risks yeah well it is a, a muscle i think in some countries people that have a good secure life and have no financial uh, stress no medical stress they tend to become more up in the mind first we were in with our hands we were mm-hmm. with our hands then we were in the 80s the fitness phase where we want to take care of our body and the next level is we want to take care of our mind eh? mm-hmm. like mindfulness and all yeah. those apps about going yeah. to uh, meditation yeah. so it's level up we go from working with our hands and being um, being um, active with our just with our body let's say to move boxes and to to things with our hands to 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 uh take care of our bodies and now we want to take care of our minds that's the next step uh, in the evolution um, so if you if you were busy with your hands and act, and perhaps busy with your muscles and you never felt the the need to reflect on your mind then perhaps a bed in a hospital could force you to do yeah. that because you can't do nothing with your hands you can't do nothing with your body the only thing left is your mind and then suddenly you say, well, I hate my job. I hate my husband. I hate my, my work. I hate my dog. I want to change it all. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so it depends on which moment in your life you have the opportunity to think with your head only. And for some people, uh, yeah, for some people it is a hospital. Yeah. The yeah. sad thing. Um, but I think uh, it's not, you can't criticize people who never had this chance to do that. It's because they were very busy to get everything else in order and to be in time uh, for their work and to take care of their children and, and everything else that filled up their minds. And they had no headspace to think about. And for some people, you bet they don't have any way out. <laughs> yeah. So. But we are the lucky ones, eh? 
we are, we are the I loved mean, ones. If you are in a, in a sick bed and you then you think I hate everything and you have to go back to your old life and you have you don't see any way out, must be horrible. Uh, I really have been lucky. I had headspace enough in my life to think about if I was doing the right thing and uh, and to have no regrets. And if I had the, if I had the opportunity stop to pause, I really would do everything again. I would never never change because I think when you are happy, you tend to um, become what you do. So that's like me. I'm not running. I am a runner. I'm yeah. not a mar I'm not doing marketing. I'm a marketeer, and that's often. Uh, things that you see in very happy people yeah. they are what they do and I yeah. see sometimes people say you're not your work <laughs> no yes truly I am uh, if you think it's a bad thing well sorry I don't think it is because yeah. I'm so passionate about it that yeah, of yeah, course yeah. I'm much more than only a marketeer yeah, I'm a mother I'm a friend I'm a runner yeah. I'm so much more but I'm everything that I do. Yeah. If I'm not it, yeah. then I quit. Yeah, that's very. I don't uh, the, the need for to 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 run if I don't like to run. Yeah, that's true. I um I, I I'm reading a book called of of uh, James Clear called Atomic Habits, and that's actually what he's saying. If you want to become good at something like me, I've played for more than thirty years guitar, but it's it's, it's like just the last like five years that I said I'm a musician. Huh? It's a really, it's a different thing. Huh? Really different I, and and, and the years I didn't want to have the name business developer or hunter or, or seller because I thought it was bad and evil. And I flipped it around and somebody said, it was Frank Mann actually, um, he said, oh, Peter, you're, the, you're very good at that. Just embrace that and don't try okay. to be somebody you are. Yeah. And a couple of months ago, he said, you're starting with YouTube. You're now an influencer. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's good for your personal branding. No, I just do it when I'm passionate. And now I say, Yes, I'm a YouTuber or a podcaster or whatever. And it yeah. makes you, yeah, I, yeah how do you say you that? Different at things and you feel at ease with what you do. And, uh, and, and that's what you see in other people when they're very passionate. I've, uh, I did some um, mountain climbing courses. Yeah. And those people tend to walk around with their uh, mountain shoes mm -hmm. in the city because they're not doing mountain climbing, they are mountain climbers. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that uh, passion is, is reflected in the way you dress, in what you do. And I can only hope that everybody, like, like the nurses during the Corona period, do, they, do you really think it's a job? No, 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 no. no. It's really about angels, serving people. the earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, those, uh, they're not doing a job. No, 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 no. It's because of passion. Same with teachers. Eh? I mean, I have a three-year-old son, almost three-year-old, and I can guarantee the combination of doing this with work for Santia. And I have a wife who is an entrepreneur. And I would say, I, and I'm never going to say managing a son, but taking care of him because, yeah, he needs attention. I want to be and a good business person and a good podcaster and a good father. I can yeah. guarantee, I mean, uh, my biggest teacher in life, that's my son, because he gets me, what are you doing? So I have lots of respect for people taking care of children, like uh, the, how do you call that, crashes and, and, uh, and the, the teachers, the schools. I mean, it has to be a passion. Otherwise, <laughs> you get crazy. It makes you, sometimes there is a risk to it that you go too, too far. Too far yeah. that's, that, that's really the risk. But it doesn't cost you so much energy. Eh? It gives you energy at the end of the day. 
it, it comes doesn't back, drain your energy fuels you all the time yeah. of course you can go uh, over the top with it as well but uh, that's also a skill that you know when to to um to uh, to pause and to stop i'm now going to link it to the the unfair advantage book um because I really like uh, the, the 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 metaphor used about Calimero and uh, and the Shita. Um, is that then your job that you would say advice to entrepreneurs um, to their companies? Look, look at your strengths. Find out really what your strengths are, your passions, maybe what you can call it, and from there on you can create um, your strong identity. Yeah, and don't be a Calimero, because yeah, we know what Calimero, I hope for the youngsters that they know who Calimero is. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah he, he's like, yeah, but they are big and I'm small, things like yeah. that. Because it starts from that. It's the same thing. It's the same principle. Eh? Yeah. If you say, I want to be a very innovative marketing entrepreneur, um, addressing the needs of the market of tomorrow, for instance, and we're going to reinvent our company. It's an, it's an identity that you have to yeah, take on. Oh. Yeah, you have to own it, yes, and and uh, you don't have to start from a victim kind of perspective. Yeah, you're not the victim, you're the fighter. And what yeah. are you gonna fight for? What is Victory. it that you stand for? And Calimero is a victim role that yeah. uh, I, I seldom like in as a as a personal um, characteristic. Uh, I will. I have no Calimero friends. Yeah, they don't. They are scared of me when I go to. Um, to schools, I sometimes I'm, I'm in front of a class, there are 100 uh, students in a room, and then they can ch choose you to do their um, intern or yeah. to have a project with school with, with my company, they can choose for that. And I got the feedback from the, those who chose for me. Mm -hmm. And they said, yeah, and my, stu my colleague students, they said, oh, are you gonna work for her? <gasps> oh, no. She's, she, I'm scared of her. Wow. That's the, the victim kind of person who says, I'd rather be a victim. I don't want to work for a fighter. Uh, it scares I, me. I have the opposite because maybe you don't remember that, but um, my first public speaking event for Cynthia was uh, at Retail Detail. And he was speaking after me. And, uh, and I was like, <laughs> shit in my pants. <laughs> And, and, and you were, you were actually were very at calm. You were very humble. I said, Peter, when you're going to do this, because I asked you how, how, how come you, you are so great at it. He just said, because I did it so many times and I've been there also just do it. And it, I still remember that to that day. And that's something I will never forget because it's the same that you say that people saw the potential in you as an, um, as a writer, that was the same thing for me that propelled me actually forward just those words yeah and that's also why i asked you because like oh man she gets me and you were like really saying between the lines peter don't compare somebody's middle with your beginnings don't do it just do it reflect on yourself and um and get, yeah, get even if it's it. bad you know it's bad you know you know any feedback you know <laughs> this is crap i didn't do it quite well but <laughs> You will never get in the middle if you didn't start yeah, somewhere. True. And if, okay, lucky you, if you're a natural talent, lucky uh, you. But all the others, is this then the reason to be Calimero and not to do it? No. Yeah, yeah. If you get 10,000 hours in it, you yeah. will do yeah, it. Yeah. 
you'll yeah. be happy doing it. Yeah. If you're not uh, Santana with your guitar, okay, okay, you're not, but that's not what, what your yeah. aspiration is. Your yeah, aspiration is to play guitar and to be happy doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true, that's true. Now, and I think that's also and, the... Pr- okay, yes. I hope you, you, get, you, make, you create value and that yeah, your okay. neighbors still love you. <laughs> That that your fan base is still there, but okay. Let's hope that if you do something with passion, there are people willing to listen to you. Well, the thing is that that's the. T- if you really want to know the lesson that I learned from playing music, it's that. I mean, I used to um, because I had both. Eh? I have a, have a professional background, but I have also a musician musician background where I studied really with the best of the best in Belgium, and um, and I and I. I think up till 38 or something, I really looked at it as a kind of technical thing. But when I made the switch that an, a band, like for instance, Coldplay, the documentary, if you, if you, because I know you're, you're a very um, music fan. Um, I mean, it's the, the total is more than the sum of the underlying parts and everybody has some kind of passion and you connect that passion in a kind of co-creation modus. Then you can connect with your audience. I mean, Yes. It's the same notes that everybody is playing. But if you do that with a certain kind of passion and you connect, you have a so- story to tell. I mean, and it changed me when somebody said to me three years ago, and it was after the hands of face, and they told me, you guys really changed my life. And I was like, we're just playing covers. We're a party band. No, no, no. I have cancer. I'm very ill. But you, this evening, I had so much fun that it gave me hope. And I was like, okay maybe that's my mission of playing music instead of being a guitar playing, really touching some, somebody's heart. And it sounds a little corny, but it's the same, it's the same for a nurse. It's, it's your skill, it's your talent. And if you can do that, and it's the same with the podcast, if, you can, if I can only spark somebody and say, oh, that Carol, she's actually nice and she has the same struggle like me and she's also human, maybe I also should start a company, then I'm a happy man. Yeah which is luxury, total luxury, is to be able to work for your happiness, which is the highest level we can get in a developed country. Yeah, if you look at it. people who, who are living every day in horrible circumstances and they really are at the bottom of the pyramids just trying to survive, yeah. what are, how lucky are we just yeah. to be able to work on happiness? <laughs> Yeah, that's true, eh? That's and we are the lucky ones. Eh? If you calculate it in the number of people in the world, we are a minority living this on the top of Maslow. Eh? I mean, yeah. there are farmers in India just on the on the on the on the fields for our the rice, and waking waking yeah. working for for uh, wages. Or in Africa, it's unbelievable, but we don't see it because we live in our micro bubble. And then we're going to, and now we're going to link it to the entrepreneurs of Corona. Ah, it's Corona. I'm a victim mode. Yeah, it's Corona. Government, you have to solve it. Yeah. Corona, it's your fault. No, it's, yeah. no. No, it's, it's you. I'm very, very happy that, the, that we get so much help from, from our governments. And of course, it's easy to, to be critical about everybody. And I do have my preferences uh, on certain politicians. As, as everybody else but i'm i don't tend to be so harsh on people yeah even when i uh was very negative about certain popular uh political figures when i get i got to meet them in person it really changed my opinion on those people i do believe we don't have the same values i really do but 
I uh, grew up, I, I think I mature, matured in the way you can uh, talk to people you don't have the same opinion with. Mm. As long as there's no war situation, because then values tend to have much yeah. more importance. Uh, if you're not fighting for your life, yeah. till that level, which uh, we hope we will never encounter, but uh, then you will know that you will not be able to work with this, those people. They don't have the same values than you do. Um, but till that level, you, I learned that you can really do much more with people than I thought when I was younger um, that don't share, share the same opinion as you do. You can yeah. find so much common ground yeah. with people who don't have the same values yeah. because part of their values are still the same as yours. Like yes. yeah. uh, entrepreneurship, for instance. Um, and I think that's really a nice mentality is if you have a very different view of somebody else, start with the 1% similarity. Yeah. Which 1% do you share? Yeah. Uh, and from there, you can imagine yeah. things that can become 20%, 30 yeah. and so on. And you can achieve a lot of things in this yeah. common ground of 30%. Yeah. I really believe that's how you create a culture um, because deep down you will, always find something which you can share. And if you start from that, you're going to put away the title and really connecting with the human person. And if you have that connection, it's really, and also I think it's, it, you can learn from that person of that other viewer. I mean, it's yeah. not black or white. Eh? It's no. always going to be something like, well, maybe there's some. Always learn something. If you are very young, you always are, well, when you're not full of yourself, you think that you can learn from others and you're mm -hmm. always looking up and thinking, yeah. what can I learn? What can I learn? That's, that's the way I, I think I've been raised probably. And then at a certain point in time, you get more mature. You have five years of experience, seven years, eight years, and you feel like, wow, I'm, I'm senior and all. Yeah. And you are very confident, which is also a nice place to be in because it's not that funny to always be uh, in the insecure version of yourself so you get to get to become more secure uh, and then suddenly you you are like yeah there's so only so much you can learn when you already have 10 years of experience yeah. how much can you still grow yeah. that's what you think at that point in time yeah. but you notice that the, the mindset uh, that I then took on is if you are like full of yourself and you yeah. think I'm like, I'm mature and I know a lot of things mm -hmm. by now mm -hmm. and I mm -hmm. work my way mm -hmm. up and I deserve this and yeah. all, then still <laughs> the thing is, what does that person know? What is the 1% she knows that I don't? Yeah. If you are so full of yourself, yeah. then you might think this person is not that interesting for you, yeah. which you encounter people, you feel like they think that you you don't earn their a minute of their time. Yeah. Well, I don't think so. Everybody, everybody knows something that yeah. you don't. Yeah. Everybody. But there's a, a survival brain. Eh? I mean, the survival brain thinks like this. Eh? Everything that I know is good. So if I, if somebody tells me something that I already know, it's like, oh, that's okay. And all the things that I don't know, because I have also a Dutch phrase of that, eh? unbemind macht onbekend. Um, what is it the other way around? Well, anyway, is that I, I don't know it is going to be bad. And that's, that's a little bit how it works. But if you change your mindset, like, 
okay? I don't know it, but I'm open for it. Because I actually, because I studied uh, economics at university, I actually had to de-learn. Is that a word? De-learn? Learn? Play? De-learned a lot of things. <laughs> it's it, because it conditioned me in certain things that I thought that the business world would look like or selling or marketing or whatever. And I was like, no, it's not true. It's That's the old way of doing things. And, yeah, and, oh, and that's Michael the ideal situation. Yeah. Which never occurs. It's only occurs in... in, in uh, in laboratories, yeah. in academic surroundings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I have a lot of very smart youngsters, very high potentials that come and work for us. And then I invite them in a client meeting and yeah. you have all those uh, psychologic yeah. uh, elements that yeah. make people decide otherwise against yeah. every theory. And they are so surprised what reality looks like yes, versus yes, yes, what the yes. academic in surroundings yeah. tell you to do. Yeah. But they also understand that the, the maturity, the time should be right. People should feel secure about yeah. this decision that it's yeah. at least as important as the theory. Yes. But that, that, how it feels for people yeah, is yeah. important it, it, and that they, they don't teach you at that, that for me is the biggest, the biggest lesson of all that I learned is that I taught with maybe it's typical male left brain um, and I don't want to generalize and I'm now the other side is that um, I thought business is all about or entrepreneurship or whatever is all about the hard skills. Hmm? But I really learned, especially in selling and hunting, it's all about you it's about and the soft skills. Soft it's skills. all the rest. And all yeah. the, the, the theory and all the thing is just yeah, a means and it doesn't matter. It's about connecting with other people, knowing their story, knowing what the drives, their beliefs and, and so on. Yeah, what their agenda is, what drives them, what makes them happy. Yeah. Again, like I said before, what makes them feel secure. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Is it status? Is it intelligence? Is yeah. it money? Is it muscle? Fame, status, status whatever. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah. It makes yeah. you secure. Yeah. It's different for everybody else, but they all seek to to my understanding, the same thing is to feel secure. Yeah. Now, um, we're, we're all a little bit over the yeah. hour. Now, um, you have known lots of successes and it doesn't come overnight because I don't believe that. Look at Trigger Finger. It took them 10 years or 12 years to get on Studio Three Brussels. Days, 16 yeah. years yeah. to be yeah. on a yeah. big stage. Yeah. yeah. Um, are there any lessons, because I'm not going to use the term mistakes, failures that you, they say, this is one... Um, the hard one that I learned. Yeah, I know yeah. there are lots. In entrepreneurship, it's so much different than in corporate life. There's so much things you don't need in corporate life that you do need in in, um, in entrepreneurial life, which I didn't invest in. And so it's for me, it's 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 a lack. I lack it because I didn't build it. Yeah. Most things take years to build, and if you didn't have the time to do it or the uh, need for it, um, the most important thing would be to. Um, to start earlier than you yeah, thought okay. you could to, to start when you don't feel that you're ready because you never are. If you're yeah. gonna, it's like, if, no. should I marry or not? Yeah. Should, or am, I sure, am I sure that I should have no. children? You're never sure. It is not a reason for your decision. It's not an no. element. No, you just uh, jump. Because you never are. It no. is the jump into the void that, that you will always need to, 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 to do. But you asked me something in the beginning. I really would like to answer that question because it's one of my favorite questions. Is that if I could be anybody on earth, what would I do? What would be the single thing I would jump in? Well, I would like to be uh, Carol Gates 
because I really am a fan of what Bill Gates is doing with all his money. Uh, and the one thing I really would would solve, with, uh, which I would put my efforts on, is to f to improve the patient experience when you go into a hospital or any medical experience. It is mm -hmm. horrifying. I think it is really not what it should be. Uh, I think people in any kind of thing, if it if it is you want to you want to try to have a baby, you have cancer, you have any horrible corona for that matter anything is about saving your life mm -hmm. which is a basic need which yes. is on below on, on in the pyramid and of course it is the priority of course it is but it's like we never had uh, time or, or the insights to evolve we are a developed country we're more than only trying to save lives by yes. now in the luxury that we have we should be evolving in this patient experience Mm -hmm. And this patient centricity, which is not there, which is, um, it's, it's, it's like for, for Proximus, for instance, or engineer driven companies, they mm -hmm. have succeeded by using their most brightest engineers to get where they are, mm -hmm. but they have an all, all kind of set of other kind of experiences, non-engineers who add and create value for the end customer. Yeah. yeah experience like you have a lot of engineers but you don't only have engineers nope. and in the medical world it is you have a lot of medical people but you should should also add other skills to improve the what we call customer experience mm -hmm. which should be translated in patient experience and if i would do something if i would be carol gates that would be my i would uh, die trying to improve uh, patient experience when you're having the worst period of your life being deadly sick of something and, and perhaps that uh, you will not make it but the time that you will enter the the the, the emergency yeah. room and hopefully the time you get out of the of, of uh, the hospital and the, the experience afterwards to improve that for people where did you get that passion <laughs> yeah I, uh, I have some experience with hospitals, yeah. Uh, yeah. of course. But uh, the, the, the worst thing is, is uh, when you, you're treated like a plant, you're treated like somebody who's no longer a human being because they are saving your body and they're not saving your mind. So sometimes they treat you like a plant because they have to, to make you wait somewhere. So they like the, the situations that we see and that we find horrifying, putting people in corridors, uh, in, like in Italy and Spain, well, that's not that exceptional. They do this with other hospitals as well. They mm. don't see it like that, but they make you wait in a hall where everybody passes by and just wait till it's your turn. That is so, they take away all your dignity and your human feelings by putting you against the wall like a plant. That's just one example. And I would really want to go through the, the patient journey from the beginning to the end, from people who visit you and all, and make this a much better uh, experience than, and this, I do adore the medical sector, but it's like we do adore our engineers and they yeah. have their specialities, they, are, they have their skills and the experience should be fulfilled with other skills as well. Yes. But what happens of... when you're a patient, you, are, you can't talk. Yeah, I you're know. Sick. 
Yeah, I know. So I've, we've you're been nobody. There. When we are a customer, we can now, thanks to social media and all, we can complain, and we are really in in a in a driving seat much more than we are we did before, thanks to to social media. But when you're a patient, there is something very typical: is that you don't tend to talk. You're yeah. kind of sick. Yeah. So they can do whatever they want with you. If you feel horrible uh, laying with your bed against the wall in a corridor, you just can't even complain about it because you're not up to it. I think maybe that's, uh, and then we're going to end the conversation, but maybe that's an, uh, a result of the fact that, and it's an assumption that the medical world or the, 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 the hospitals are still a kind of command and control organization where the doctors and the medical people are like the heroes. Um, yeah, which, which engineers as well. They are the heroes. Engineers are the heroes. Those who build something, those who have high skills, which is uh, the entry barrier to be like them is, is high because you have to study several, several, several years and you save life for God's sake. How can you even uh, make, give me criticism? I'm saving your yeah, yeah. so it is uh, out of respect we don't want to give feedback but i think that's also something uh, that is linked to the fact that we're evolving and we have yeah. the luxury to try to improve that yeah. Yeah, that's it's true. not a complaint it is just ev evolution is there um, is there something else you want to share that we didn't talk about maybe you're going to launch a new book who knows <laughs> No, I've uh, been writing uh, some things down in the couple. Uh, I started in December, the 16th of December, when there was no Corona nowhere. Well, there was, there was, but we didn't know yeah. about it. So already, uh, I, all, all my books were started on the 16th of December. So I, uh, okay. I have the discipline to, it's like, yeah, it's like a birthday. So that's why I started to write something down uh, already uh, last year. So, but then, yeah, and then Corona happened and, um, and, so and, then, and then you said for yourself, like I give myself one year to have a book or you just let it flow. No, it's the starting point. The end point is the journey. So I have no end point, uh, for, for now, but, uh, I was, uh, happy to start with it just in, before the holiday season. It's always a good uh, down season, down, uh, calm up here to write something down. Okay, Carol, I want to thank you for the great conversation and your passion. I really, I really loved it. I had no idea what to expect and it's actually above my expectations. Thank I hope you. you liked it too. Yeah, the questions are nice. That's why I love to do those interviews because uh, the questions are what, what uh, give you uh, energy, make you think, uh, try to order your thoughts and so on. Because the questions I sent to your assistant actually... <laughs> We didn't stick to the program at all because that's why I don't like the, the word an interview. I prefer to call it the conversation. I mean, you're not yes. with the police, of course. It's the flow. Of the, it's co-creation. Yes, it's nice. It was, uh, it's a nice experience. Thanks for that. Thanks a lot, Carol. And I wish you... Okay. Um, I'm going to mention your um, where people can find you in the comments below, okay? So, yes, um, thank you. Looking forward to have it online. Thanks Bye. a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you.